You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 28 with Jennifer Bates. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, this week is so exciting with Jennifer Bates. We talk about her life as a single mom, and she decided to go back and get her degree and then start a photography business. We chat about what that looked like and the obstacles that challenged her and how she was able to overcome them and have the business that she has today. I hope that this show inspires you to go after your dreams, even if it seems like it's really challenging and daunting, and know that you can do it. Let's go to the show. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Amber. It's a huge honor. We'll go into how we know each other in a minute, but I love to start off every show with an icebreaker. So I love to travel and I love asking people where their favorite destinations are. So what is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Well, absolutely. Last year when my husband and I hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, that would be it. We descended at the South Kaibab Trail and came up Bright Angel Trail and uh, stayed two nights at the bottom. It was amazing and an adventure. It's my favorite vacay, probably for two reasons. One, the physical challenge was literally shocking, but we both made it (laughs) without having to take an emergency helicopter out. And uh, two, the views were breathtaking. It was very spiritual and humbling, and it felt like a tremendous blessing to be able to experience that with my husband. That's cool. Okay. So how about you walk us through this a little bit? Um, Because I don't know coming up the South and coming out wherever you did. Um, So where did you fly into? And then where are you entering? What state are you that you enter into the Grand Canyon? Um, Arizona. And I think it was Flagstaff Airport. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was about an hour and a half drive to the rim of the Grand Canyon. Sure. We, st- we stayed in a little lodge there the first night. And then the next morning we, uh, like literally just donned our backpacks. I had, it was so funny because Neil and I are very much into health and fitness, um, except he is more disciplined as far as eating. So, uh, the night before as we're going over our backpacks and stuff and seeing how heavy they end up being like, I'm pulling like jelly beans in Jolly chocolate. Ranchers oh, and chocolate okay, yeah. <laughs> out of mine and, and chips and all this yeah, stuff. Like you know, this all crap. the important things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Totally. He's like, honey, like take that stuff out. You won't want it. It's carrying extra weight and stuff. So <laughs> I, I ended up, but um, it was just funny as I purged like the last, I got, kind of got a little panicky and purged my, all the goodies out of my backpack. But um, yeah, it was, um, it was tough. Next year, we yeah. hope to hike rim to rim, which is, I think, a 12-mile hike with our daughters. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and hopefully make it a family trip. That's It would have been even better if they the girls had gone with us, but they both are in school full-time, and sure. it's challenging to get them on family trips now. Yeah. They're 20, yeah. 21 and 23. So Yeah, that is hard to coordinate all the schedules and stuff. Um, so you went into Arizona, and then where did you come out? Like, you said something. I forgot. Yeah, what so we it, we literally it's I think we took a bus about a mile to um, from our lodge to one of the trailheads and you know ventured down there. It just took it like an half of a day, basically camped overnight, two nights there, and then came out all in one day. But we came up a different trail that like basically was at the foot of our lodge itself. 
Oh, and then, um, yeah, so it was all within the same state, um, in area, basically just a mile the trailhead was about a mile and a half from where we started. And, um, I gotta say it was pretty awesome. Like that, uh, we had an extra day to just kind of fart around on the rim of the Canyon. And, and I'm so glad we did that because we took a walking tour basically of the rim of the Canyon. And, and it was cool to be able to look down into the Canyon and kind of point out basically where we had hiked and it just, it's, um, it's amazing to see that, like what we did. And it's very, it's kind of a pretty big feather in your cap when you're like, Oh my gosh, we did that. Yeah. So (laughs) we were down there. Yeah. What did you do to prepare to um, be able to do that hike? I think the biggest thing that we did to prepare was we did a lot of walking on the treadmill, especially Neil. I was, I'm more of a runner. Um, he, uh, made sure we both made sure we could go about six miles, um, on the treadmill, uh, or like kind of elliptical treadmill combo. Sure. Uh, we, we both lift weights regularly, but I think the, the thing that he was worried about mostly was, uh, cardio, any cardio. And I will tell you as good a shape as I thought I was in, that was the, um, the most humbling part of, yeah. <laughs> part of the trip is when sure. we got down to the bottom, you think going down down would be easy and Amber it hurt I like (laughs) I was almost near tears just kind of like with this overwhelmed like I need this to stop I need this to be done um yeah because what's hard about it is it because you're trying to brace yourself to you know not literally just run down right well yeah it's it's basically going downstairs like oh, for hours, hours, hours. <laughs> so is it a path? Is it a smooth path or are you going down like kind of stairs? Uh, it's kind of like big stairs, yeah, you know, it's I know kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you, you take a couple steps and then you, you take a couple flat steps and then you step down yes. and then a couple flat steps and then you step down, or you might um, have to step over like this little log that they, uh, like a barrier log, Oh yeah. um, on rocks and, um, but yeah, it's, it's a great trail. Um, Neil was pretty worried cause he has, a, we both have a fear heights. Um, and he was concerned about kind of freaking out about being so close to the ledge. And once you get past the fact that you're in control, you're not going to just go flying off the ledge for, for no good reason. You know, even if you trip and stumble, um, right. unless you're like right, <laughs> hugging the edge, which we never did, um, you're pretty, you're safe, you know? Um, yeah. It, so once you got past that, you're, it's good. And how did it's it feel good. camping? Like, did you feel safe or was it scary? Uh, I felt very safe. Uh, it was very small quarters. I usually, we camp in a trailer now where it's kind of like glamping. Yes. So to move from our 27 foot trailer to a, a tiny two person tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. We were like, and you're like, tall, you're, you're both tall. It's not I like know, you're we tiny. Are. It was, yeah. <laughs> it, but that was fine. Cause it's like, you're so tired. You don't care. You, don't care. you just you're need just to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we had good gear and I think I think that saved us. We had both had really good air mattresses and yeah, oh, that's it was, cool. it was yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. I always love hearing about different types of trips and, and kind of how you go about it and whatnot. So I hope the listeners get a kick out of that too. But um, how about we get started and you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, um, I am a professional photographer. I'm in, I am, I do this full time. 
And since uh, about 2007, I guess, 2006, 2007, and um, like I mentioned, I'm married uh, to the best guy ever. Uh, we celebrate our 10-year anniversary tomorrow, in fact. Uh, and I have two daughters, uh, Haley and Reagan, who I'm extremely proud of, ages 21 and 23, both students and um, both uh, working hard workers. And... Let's see what else. Oh, and I. And your name. It, You're Jennifer Bates. Oh, yeah. I'm Jennifer Bates. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as far as photography, I specialize in newborn babies and high school seniors. Yeah, I love that. Um, that kind of like reminds me about when this all started and how um, I was one of your first guinea pigs doing pictures in my dining room. <laughs> I still remember that. Oh, Lord. I know. That's funny. So um, let's jump into the interview. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to share with everyone how this all started and, you know, so that people could get a sense of that you just weren't a photographer this whole time. And so I know that I have single moms listening and I want to give them some encouragement to go after their dreams. So when looking back, when we were working together, what made you decide to go back to school and then start a photography business? Well, when I, um, yeah, that was that was kind of a huge thing for a single parent. So I hope a lot of your listeners can really resonate with my story. Um, when I was, let's see, where, where was I job wise? Um, Are you talking about I was like kind of, yeah, I was kind mm -hmm. of fresh off. Of, I was just thinking about where to start. I was fresh off a divorce and September 11th happened. Um, and as I was trying to find a, a job basically, and I didn't have my full degree yet. Um, so that really ob obviously put me at a disadvantage um, in the uh, as far as our economy being not really a good market for job hunters because um, I was kind of bottom of the barrel at that point. So I vowed that when I did get a decent job that I would just kick butt and get my degree taken care of, uh, which is what I did. Um, I actually crunched two years worth of college into one year. Um, and, uh, accomplished that, uh, like 18 hour, 18 credit hours per semester, um, and got it done, um, and graduated with honors and you and I graduated the same year, yep, we <laughs> except did. you with your, you with your, your master's. Yeah. That was, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, then let's see, um, somewhere along the way, uh, when I was actually packing for a trip. I was taking the girls to Kentucky that weekend and I was pulling together all my, um, all my stuff, uh, like cameras and video cameras and that kind of stuff. And, um, and the next day after I had packed, uh, my house was broken into, and all of that stuff got stolen. <laughs> and, uh, it was actually quite scary because the girls actually get home from school before I get home from yeah, work. Yeah, that would be scary. And, and they called me, Haley called me while I was at work and she's like, mom, what'd you do with the GameCube? Do you remember GameCubes? Um, kind of. Like the video games. Yeah. I had forbidden them in my house for years until one of my family members actually bought one for the girls. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> my own personal platform. Um, but uh, she's, I'm like, um, I didn't do anything with the GameCube. Haley, get out, get your sister and get out of the house. Like I, like my heart just stopped. Um, and they, I'm like, go, go next door to our neighbors and call me from her house. And in the meantime, when, as soon as she hung up, I called the police. Cause I just knew 
there there I didn't move the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> like right. nobody moved the GameCube. Yeah. So um I called the police and an off-duty officer actually came over to the uh to the house and um and I raced home 30 minute drive. And um anyways, to make a long story short, um I ended up using the insurance money for the stuff that articles that were stolen to per I ended up using a portion of that insurance check to purchase my very first DSLR. Um, I kind of, um, I tried my best to learn how to use it. I'm very, um, hands-on visual. So I had a really, really hard time learning how to do this all on my own. Um, finally I found, um, a book that really spoke my language and that was very, very helpful. And I kind of, I practiced learning, um, and tried learning Photoshop on my own for, um, for about a year. And then that took me to about 2007 when I had my first paying clients, so what um, year was that when you started to to so 2005 is when I bought okay. my first camera so and then years. 2000 2006 I used and abused every friend and family oh, yeah. that uh, that I could you yeah. being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um in 2007 uh 2000, 2007 on I worked insane hours working both my corporate job um I had I had Neil and I were married uh that year um and thank goodness I had him because that was pretty awesome having finally someone to help make meals and yeah, take the trash out and that kind partner. of stuff. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, and, but I was still working insane hours. Um, I was l- trying to learn, cram as much knowledge as I could into my brain and also spent, I spent countless hours editing bad photos. Like I sucked. Um, like I didn't know how to take a, a better photo. So I still had that to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, just my shutter speed was off or I wasn't using my ISO properly, that kind of stuff. So, um, I remember like, for example, being down in my dungeon basement editing at like midnight and being so tired <laughs> and like I, my, I, I couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, so I literally crawled under my desk in a little ball on a comforter that I had folded up and I would nap. And then like nap for a couple hours and then like kind of startle myself awake. Like, where am I? And then get up and (laughs) finish (laughs) and get up and finish editing. And, um, and that's kind of how it went for the next couple of years until I really finessed the idea of, Hey, get it right in camera. So you don't have to rely on editing software to do it it right on the front end, even if it takes more work so that you're not doing it on the back end. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So that takes us to 2007 when you started to, uh, start making money and have paying clients. So how long would you say it took you to grow your business before you could quit your nine to five job? Oh, five years. So in 2000, well, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, yep. Uh, five years in 2012, uh, I stepped away from my corporate job and, and took my business full time. And I honestly wouldn't have been able to do that without my without my family's encouragement. Um, it just was a big, and their support, like it's, um, I contribute to half of my, our income. Um, we, I help pay the bill. So it's when you take away 50% of that income, it's, that's kind of a big deal. It's not like, um, Neil can cover all the bills with his income. So, um, and I would love to say, oh, I quit my job, my corporate job, and I took my business full time and I've never looked back. But 
I've looked back. <laughs> I would be totally lying if I said I haven't looked back. Um, the truth is the, the photography industry is extremely saturated and it's, and to make matters worse, there is literally no price standard, making it very difficult to charge prices that would help sustain a profitable business. For example, there's teachers and nurses who do photography on the side, just like I was doing photography on the side, and they end up making minimum wage for their services for how little they charge for their work. And then there's me charging a much higher and more profitable rate and struggling to justify my prices to clients who don't necessarily care that I have to put food on my table, you know? Right. Yeah. So it makes it, uh, it makes it challenging. Um, one thing I guess about me is that I'm an education junkie, uh, always have been, always will be. <laughs> I, I love learning about self-improvement, um, sales and marketing, uh, how to run a business. Um, I love fitness and health and spiritual well-being, spiritual well-being. Um, I guess, you know, like as I'm sitting there editing, if I'm not listening to an audible book on marketing, I'm listening to one of my favorite mentors give a talk on sales tactics. Yeah, no, that's cool. And so I was going to actually, so I'm going to go back for a minute and say, I was actually going to ask you a question, um, even though you love doing this, did you ever feel like you wanted to give up on the business? Cause, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I feel like, um, when you start something, you know, it's all, you know, sounds exciting at the beginning and, and then you got to get into it. Right. And then you, you see how much work, even, even doing the podcast, you know, people only hear the end results. They don't know all the things that have to go into it to, you know, get the guests on and all the stuff that happens in between, uh, talking to the guest and prepping them and, um, editing and then getting all that out there. And so I feel like when people want to start businesses, it's like, Oh, it looks so sparkly and shiny. And you're like, this is amazing. And then you're like, Whoa, there's a lot of work that has to go into this and it totally. all falls on you, you know? And yeah. so, um, so would, so even with it being saturated, um, are you still glad that you did it or do you feel like you may go in a different direction at some point? Um, well, that's a good question. And, um, and there's a few, I guess I have a few answers. One for sure. I'm told I do not regret doing it. Um, however, um, at a certain point about, I don't know, a year and a half ago when I had literally $27 in my business bank account and no uh, bookings, no shoots, um, on the calendar. I wanted to quit. I'm, I, this is, it's hard. <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm whining, but it's no, hard it's okay. to run your own yeah. business. Like it's it really, it, it's, it's legit. It's yeah. a constant hustle and I'm good with that. Um, but when you stack the cards, like I live in a population of uh, 2000 and a very rural, rural area, a good hour from any place where the incomes might be a slightly higher. Yeah. Um, so I have the kind of that card stack and that's not an excuse or anything, but it definitely plays its role into making me have a more robust like calendar, I guess, sure. like, for yeah. lack of better words. But so, yeah, I, I think the thing that I've learned there is the, the support system that you have is critical and your support system I've learned is not necessarily always your family. So I guess if I could get one, um, one lesson I've learned across to your listeners is, um, when you want to embark on something, whether it be, you know, just whatever your passion project is, whatever, like a career or goal, don't necessarily count on your family to be um, family or friends to be your biggest cheerleader. Sometimes they're not. And I see that amongst my peers. Now, mine happened to be like my husband is unconditionally supportive and holy cow, like 
I, I don't know what I would have done, but I'll tell you, my mom was not. She used to talk to me all the time about quitting uh, photography and like, you need to stop that. Her heart was in the right place. So I'm not trying to throw my mom under the bus. Sure. Yeah. But bless her heart. But she was my biggest, um, what I guess, antagonist where she was, she saw how many hours I was spending away from my family. Right. Um, yeah. And the stress it was causing me. So, you know, she was just like, stop this. It's not worth it. She's but looking for at me, you mainly as, it. yeah, she's looking mainly as um, you're her daughter. And right. you're burning yourself out. And so exactly. and she doesn't want to see that. So it's not that she doesn't want you to be successful. She's just exactly. like looking at you going, um, you're doing this and you're not making money and you're running yourself ragged. So exactly. yeah, I totally get that. Um, yep. With that said, so you said that um, you were bringing in half the income, but then you had $27 in the bank. So at this point, do you not have to rely on your income? So is it not as much of a stressor? Um, no, it is actually, um, it's just, I've, um, I've learned, I've raised my prices, um, and I've learned how to kind of keep that marketing wheel going. Um, and I've gotten much, much better at that. And, um, and that's a huge deal. uh, Like marketing never stops. Um, (laughs) and you know, as you know, like you kind of touched on before, like running a business, like being a photographer sounds nice. Like, Oh my God, you get to take pretty pictures. Like uh, no. <laughs> <Not just that. laughs> I, I spend about ten, um, 10% of my time taking pretty pictures. And in that connection that I have with my clients is the reason why I do what I do. Like I, I build up these girls, um, with, you know, I just show them how beautiful they are and it's priceless. Like I can't, I can't, I don't know of anything else on earth that would give me that sense of, um, Fulfillment or something. Uh, fulfillment. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, however, the night I want to say like 90% is like, you better want to be a salesperson and know how to market or learn, want to yes. learn how to market and, yeah. um, oh, pay, you know, take care of all your paperwork for taxes and, mm-hmm. um, and manage your website and, on and well, you know, and on and on. Yeah. So yeah. that's nine, that's 90%. So if you, um, Ideally, and when you say, you know, like, do you do you regret uh, taking the path I did? I think um, one of the things that I've learned from one of my huge mentors, um, gosh, she's just awesome. Um, I met her in person this past uh, this last October at a uh, conference that I went to a newborn conference. She taught me uh, her name's Sue Bryce. I'll give due credit because if anyone out there wants to look her up, she's just a fantastic, um, remarkable woman who is just a powerhouse of giving and um, yeah, she's pretty, she's quite awesome. Anyways. Um, one of the most impactful things I learned from her was um, about our highest values. Um, your highest values are the things that fill you with like passion and purpose. So for example, my highest values are um, fitness, uh, certainly photography, um, eating healthy, most of the time, <laughs> uh, healthy lifestyle though, like, you know, using shampoo without chemical in it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I love my, uh, pa- running a business is my passion. Um, uh, my faith is my passion. So she teaches that, um, it doesn't matter what you do for your career. So long as your highest value is a function of that career. For example, um, I, I could easily combine two of my highest values, say like fitness and running a business, and open up a gym and be perfectly happy leaving photography behind because my fitness and business passions would be filling up my soul at that point. 
So Sue's point is incorporate your highest values into your life and you'll feel fulfilled. So that really struck a chord with me. And honestly, it kind of gave me permission to leave the photography industry without feeling guilt or remorse if I ever wanted to, so long as I was true to my heart and pursued a career which involved at least one of my passions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, and it kind of made me just think about, um, the, you know, podcasting and stuff like that. And, um, one of my passions is connecting with women and really getting to know them. So I can see based off what she's saying that I'm doing that. So even if there's a hustle going on, you know, I'm still getting to do that and you get fulfilled. So, um, I like that. And I also like that it gives you, um, permission to stop something if you feel like it's not working anymore without feeling like you're a failure. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, and shift gears, like to go, you know what? Um, there's a book called um, Quitter by J- John Acuff. Do you know that book? And oh, no. I, okay. It's, um, and I think the premise is, and I could be totally wrong, because, but I think this is what it is. It's about um, quitting the right things, like quitting it at the right time, quitting at the right time. And, um, I think that's a good point because some people may just like say, no, I got to stay in it. I got to stay in it. It doesn't matter what, cause I don't want people to think that I failed, but then really what good is that doing you? And so, um, I think it's good to know that you have other options and, you know, you can make different decisions. And I was going to go back to you saying, um, how marketing is such a big deal. So, you know, a lot of the listeners that are on, um, they may not have just full-time businesses. They're, they may be doing side hustles. They may be doing MLM, you know, multi-level um, marketing like oils and, um, yeah. you know, Rodan and Fields and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, so they still have to market it, even though they have the company, because they still have to build the teams. They still have to sell the product. So um, what would you tell the listeners that you feel is so important when it comes to marketing that you've learned? I've learned that um, to be authentic is huge, um, and it's it's taken me a while to find my voice. I have had so much um, influence on me that sometimes I feel like um, I sound almost like some of my mentors, and sometimes that freaks me out because I'm like, uh, I want to be me. I don't want to sound like like for example Sue Bryce or. Um, Julia Kelleher, some of the other um, people that I've learned from and that have been huge influences on my career. Um, but but at a certain point, I'm resonating with those people because, because they're similar. Like I either want to be like that or that there's a part of me that feels like, oh, we could be close friends because we have that in common. So I'm okay with the whole um, not so much copycat syndrome, but like just to be authentic, even though I might have a a thread of Sue Bryce running through my veins, you know, so to speak. Like some of my posts have nothing to do with photography, like say on Instagram. Yeah. I would, I guess I would tell your listeners, like your goal should be to either attract or repel people. And, and I want to, so I don't care if I repel people. I really don't. I go, Unfollow me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Um, but because that's okay, I'm going to repel people. That's okay. Um, the people that I attract are that's, that becomes my tribe. Like that's, those are, those are the people that get me where my message about, um, uh, you know, um, like I just did a post this morning about just being, um, uh, non-competing, uh, Theodore Roosevelt says, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And that I love that. And so uh, John Foreman took that one step further and said, uh, 
if comparison is the thief of joy, then our basically our our community, um, our society is being robbed blind or something like that. It was very impactful. And to me, that was a direct hit on, um, like for me, body image and how the young girls today are like constantly, oh, she's, she's thinner than me or, oh, oh yeah. she has a, yeah. a better booty, you know? So like my, like I'm all about, uh, my platform is helping the, um, young women and older women. I mean, my women, my age moms, um, feel comfortable in their own skin and just love who they are ultimately. And that, that none of that has anything to do with photography or running a business, but, um, but people get to see a little bit of what I stand for and, um, and my personality when I make posts like that. And those are very authentic to me, um, and my passion. So I guess that's my message as far as that goes, like be, um, you know, what do you believe in? What do get your voice out there? Don't be afraid of it. If you don't, um, if you're afraid of offending somebody, that's okay. Like let them walk away. Um, even, you know, I, my message goes mostly to young women. Um, that's okay. Like my, I know, I know who my target audience is anyways. And usually, um, like men or young men are not calling me up for, uh, for services. And like, for example, for, you know, essential oils. <laughs> I, you know, like in a lot of the, uh, I mean, women are the main consumers in our country. Oh yeah. So, mm -hmm. it, um, it like, no, you know, know that, um, and, and speak, speak to them from your own platform. I like that. And, you know, speaking of women starting their businesses and, um, you know, whatever that business may be, I wanted to, um, ask you, what is your thoughts with um, women and self-care if they're, you know, doing a business? And, and what did you learn, you know, while, you know, you were working crazy hours, you were sleeping under your desk. And so <laughs> looking back, what would you say like to women who especially have young kids and they're trying to do this and maybe they're still working a full-time job and they just feel crazy? What have you learned that you, if you could have looked back and wish you would have done a little bit differently in regards to taking care of yourself? Okay. Um, well, one thing that I can think of is, um, I feel like I did, like I, at the expense of spending more time with my family, I pursued my passion and I did that guilt-free and, um, against my mom's wishes. <laughs> I love you, mom, if you're listening. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, I, I would say, and I, I'm sure we've all heard this, uh, over and over, but it's worth saying saying no is probably one of the biggest things, uh, that has helped me. Like, for example, um, in 2013, 2014, I helped coach Reagan's, um, uh, my youngest daughter's, uh, high school track and field team. And which was actually another dream come true because, uh, I, like my whole young adult life, I had always wanted to be a coach, Amber, um, you know how much I love running. So yeah. to be able to coach a high school track and field team, huh, that was awesome. And, and to be around these young kids who I could have an influence on, it was, it was awesome. They still see me and they're like, coach Jen, you know, and it just gives me goosebumps to even think about it because I just love them so much and I miss them. And, but in 2015, once Reagan had graduated and the new track season rolled around, I, I turned down the position, the coaching position, because it was taking away time from my photography business. And I mean, imagine like I, in the morning, my daily routine is like, usually I work out, I start work around 10. 
Um, and then, and then to actually quit work at like two to get over to the field at around three and then be there until six, like my photo shoots take place between like about three and 6 PM. So you can imagine like how it kind of threw a wrench in any shoots that I may have planned for early spring. Um, so I had to say, I had to say no. And as much as that crushed me and as much as I love my track kids, uh, I still feel pangs of guilt when I think about not being able to be their coach, Jen, but, <laughs> but I know it was the right thing to do for, for my business. Um, right. yeah. and you know, um, like again, whenever, whenever you say yes to something, yeah, you're you saying say no, no to something, something. else. Yeah. And I'm not, I wasn't okay saying no to my, my other passion, which is sure. my photography business, Yeah, which, which also helps put food on the table. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think there's just a season, um, to some things in life, you know? So obviously that was a season when Reagan was in school and then you kind of like, you know what, I'm, you know, I want to go a different direction. And sometimes things are just not meant to go on forever, even if you're passionate about it. So, um, yeah. and you can't say yes to everything. It just, you can't. So, um, I wanted to jump in. So going back to the photography and, um, you saying yes to that, um, I wanted you to talk about a little bit of who you focus on. We all know why people want to take pictures of babies. I mean, they're just so adorable, but I wanted you to share how you focus on teenage girls. Cause I think it's so easy just to take pictures of babies and toddlers. And then you kind of forget about the kids when they're older, you know, it's like, I don't know what age that kind of shifts. Um, maybe once all the siblings are not babies or toddlers, I, I don't know if it seems like people kind of just go, okay, we don't need to take the pictures anymore, the annual I pictures. Know. And then you kind of have this big gap, right? Of like, oh, there's their little pictures. And then there's their uh, senior picture. And and so I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have young kids, but I really would like to try to keep that going because I really value pictures and, um, and I just love having that. And so, but I can see how people could do that easily. And so how about you share with us a little bit, especially if, um, you know, a lot of us are still with younger kids, but you know, something to think about later on, um, when, especially with daughters that are kind of going into preteen and then teens. So I would love to hear kind of, um, your thoughts on all that. Okay. Well, um, first of all, let me correct you and say photographing little kids is not easy. Well, I don't mean it's easy. I mean, <laughs> no, it's no, like I fun. Know. It's like, I know. <laughs> and it may not well, be fun either. <laughs> I know, no. <laughs> Newborns are fun, but I can give or take a toddler. Okay. Yeah. Toddlers are tough. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's hit or miss, even if they'll even like me. Um, <laughs> yes. honestly. Yeah. When I said uh, that, I was how... like, eh. but you know what I mean in regards to, I think I people do. think, oh, it's babies. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's, um, and then, well, as parents, we rely on the school for the pictures and, um, and you know, the school pictures are atrocious usually like uh, really bad. I have them hanging in my hall. Uh, they always will hang, but like, um, yeah, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the thing that, um, it was actually a business strategy. Um, and it's so funny because your words sprang so true. And that is exactly why I started fo uh, focusing on early teens, um, uh, because they fall off the map. And on, as far as like portrait portraits of them. Um, and, and then you're right, we skip ahead and it's like, Oh, senior picture time. Um, so it was actually a business strategy that one of my mentors, uh, turned me on to, and it was very successful business-wise for me, not only to cultivate the, uh, um, future client for the senior pictures, but then it turned into something more of a passion project of, holy cow, here we have this 13 year old or 12 year old or 14 year old. That's 
extremely um, at an extremely vulnerable point of their life. Um, they hate how they look or they are they're in serious competition with some of their peers. Um, they're moody. They're um, the emotions are crazy. The hormones are crazy. Who couldn't which show me a child, a 13 year old that couldn't benefit from feeling amazingly beautiful in the hands of a skilled photographer. Like I just, and that's why I do what I do like right there, because when they're, when I'm done with them and I see the confidence in their eyes and, um, and see them share those images on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the pro like just knowing that like, okay, we, we always think our kids are gorgeous and beautiful, not, not gorgeous, but like beautiful. We always see their inner beauty. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I tell my girls all the time, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You know, and I don't mean physically, I, um, skin surface. I mean, like, holy cow, their hearts are, you know, I just, if I, anyone could see them inside yeah, their heart, like right. they would just, uh, so we see that about our own children. And my goal as a photographer is to help those kids, like your mom always says it, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm beautiful right. mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But um, if I can show them and they look at the back of my camera and they're like, that's it for me. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. I, like I get goosebumps just thinking about it in it. And that, um, that is uh, why I probably will be doing this until I, I need a walker <laughs> 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 because that gratification is priceless. Like I, um, and, um, and then from, you know, from a business standpoint, um, those, that age group really likes to share on social media, yes. um, so their friend, They're uh, like, approval it's free is, marketing. <laughs> it is totally free marketing. And, um, and that's, uh, they, their friend approval is very important. Uh, and so that just helps cultivate my, uh, future clients, family sessions, yeah. for example, um, I generate a lot of referrals from, um, from those little young, uh, tween and teen sessions. And then, um, if they have older siblings, I usually get their older siblings, uh, for senior clients. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, that's been a fun journey. And, um, when I started doing that, I, when I start and again, the whole saying yes to something to and no to something else, um, I realized I didn't want to shoot pets anymore. Um, I didn't want to shoot, um, really, uh, like engagement and weddings. I stopped all that a couple years ago and I wanted to focus on stuff that was more fulfilling to me. And, um, any, you know, I guess that's a lesson to, to anybody, um, not only photographers that might be listening, but like, um, we know all the stuff that, you know, doesn't do anything for you, uh, fulfillment wise, because that's actually taking up, um, time and, emotional and, and physical energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally to do it. And I promise you, I promise you when you say no to all that extra garbage, not that shooting a pet is garbage. You know what I'm saying? Like just oh, yeah. stuff that doesn't right. fulfill you. Yeah. You will, um, it just leaves this vacant, um, space that can be filled up with stuff that you're, um, more designed to, to do. Sure. Yeah. And there's other people who are wanting to do engagement pictures and wedding pictures and pet pictures. So it's not like, oh, there's going to be nobody to do it. So it's, it's not like you have to feel like that's the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like, well, if I let that go, no one's going to do it. So there's, no, you know, there's it's, usually, it's usually the money that drives yeah. you. Cause at the, at the point when I stopped shooting weddings, I was up there as far as like pay scale wise. So it was like, well, and usually the retainers come in at my slow point of the year. 
Um, so like that first quarter, second quarter, oh yeah, you know, so like what to get like several thousand yeah. dollars in yeah. return. Yeah. You're like, okay. It was a little scary to be like, okay, Let no, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And that means I, that just means that I needed to hustle my marketing muscle <laughs> yep. and get, and get stuff, other, um, other ideas that were, and that's when the whole, um, tween teen focus came about. Yeah. I love it. And plus you had your girls to, you know, use as models to kind of get that idea. I remember you taking pictures and going to Chicago when, even when they were younger and, you know, so I feel like that kind of gave people a glimpse of like, Oh, I could have that too. You know, as a, as a younger girl, like their friends and stuff like that. So, um, I think that's cool that you were able to capture their lives too, you know, and then it also helps with your business. And so, um, Jen, we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted you to share with us what you would tell women if they feel like they have big dreams and they just can't see a way of achieving them. Okay. Um, I would say, um, I guess the stuff what I've learned is you don't need anyone's permission or approval to make your dream come true. You, you, uh, or you don't need anyone's permission to start your dream job or passion project. You're good enough. Start now. If you feel like you want or need your significant other's approval or your family's approval, stop talking about it. Just do it. Actions speak louder than words. Um, actions speak louder than big plans. So pull together a vision board, start um, less talk and more action. That's the quickest way to convince all the naysayers that you might have in your life that your dream is actually possible. Um, and once your checks start rolling in, they'll be convinced and they'll <laughs> yeah. be your biggest supporters. But honestly, like, just do it when time passes anyways, you know, we all know this. So there, you, you know, like that whole meme that's like um, five years ago or five years from now, you'll wish you had started. Never oh, yeah. true. Oh, you yeah. know, life is mm -hmm. too short to be like, mm -hmm. oh, what if I'm not good enough? Oh, um, you know, maybe when I lose five pounds, I'll be uh, yeah. able to talk more on video in front of people or I don't right. you know, whatever yeah. you're, yeah. those are mm -hmm. all just blacks. There's no, really no such thing as fear. Um, fear is like, um, I know this is kind of a rabbit hole, but fear is, fear is, I mean, we don't face fear unless like a car is coming at us, like head on, on the expressway, like right. all the emotional fears, like, Oh, what if I'm not good enough? Or, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I have the money for that, or I'll be afraid I might be poor if I do this. Um, those, that's not really real fear. That's just, that's just kind of excuses that you need to just like push aside, put on a shelf and be like, you know, um, excuse my language, but screw that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to push ahead with this sure. and I'm going to pursue this with vigor and with all my heart. Yeah, no, I agree. I love it. Well, as we wrap up, um, where can people find you on social media and your website? Okay. Well, social media, I can be found on all platforms at Jen Bates Photo. Jen is two N's, J-E-N-N -N, Bates Photo. And my website home is jenniferbatesphoto.com. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had so much fun talking with you. Oh my gosh, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. This was, I've loved every episode of your show and Aww. this has been a huge, huge honor for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And there you have it. Hey, you guys, if you are not part of the Mom Inspired Show Facebook group, I would love to have you in our group. And the easiest way to do that is go to my website, mominspiredshow.com slash group. When you go there, it will then take you right to the Facebook page. And all you have to do is click join. 
I will check you out. I will do a 10 point background check, make sure you are legit. No, I'm just kidding. But I do make sure that everybody is kind of, you know, a mom and not just some weirdo people. So I do check that. That's the whole point of why I have this as a private page. So go ahead and click join and then I will probably reach out to you via a message to kind of see how you found out about the show and who you are. And then when I accept you, go ahead and introduce yourself to the group. Okay, you guys, I'll see you next week.